I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, Newt's World Podcast listeners. This is Rob Smith. I'm part of the Gingrich 360 Podcast Network. Newt is out this week working on finishing his new book, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love, so he asked me to take this opportunity to fill in for him. New episodes of my podcast, Rob Smith is Problematic, are available Tuesdays and Fridays on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World, we're going to talk about critical race theory. It is something that you've probably heard a lot about. You've probably heard the name mentioned a lot. But what is it? So critical race theory is a hot button issue across the country right now as local school boards are challenged by parents, teachers, administrators, and students about what to teach in the classroom. In Loudoun County, Virginia, on June 22nd, a school board meeting was cut short to limit public comment. The crowd became unruly as people argued for both sides, and ultimately the school board had the room cleared. And Loudoun County is not alone. In Westlake, Texas, members of the school board were voted out of their positions for supporting the idea of having an outside consultant come in to evaluate the need to teach critical race theory in schools. So parents are becoming local activists and speaking out across the nation. For more context and to provide an update on exactly what is happening, I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Ryan Gerdusky. He is founder of the 1776 Project PAC, which is dedicated to electing school board members who oppose critical race theory, and he's got a new book that is out right now. It is called They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution.
Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on Newt's World. Thanks for having me, Rob. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, and if some of Newt's listeners follow me or if they watch any of my stuff, I guest hosted for Jesse Kelly on another network uh, last week, and I had you in. And what you did was you explained critical race theory to me in a way that really broke it down and simplified it. So I would like you to explain to us exactly what critical race theory is. So critical race theory is a political theory and social theory started in the 1970s. And what it does is it reanalyzes the relationship between race and power. And there's three main tenets to critical race theory that all critical race theorists really believe in. One is that non-whites suffer through racism on a daily basis, that whites, regardless of their economic status, all benefit from racism, and that the institutions created all either reflect some kind of racist value or are created inherently to keep non-whites oppressed. That's the basic tenets of critical race theory. How it's being applied is a little different in every school district that it's being applied in, but that's the main points of critical race theory. Your goal is to kind of like get this out of the school boards. And so I just wanted to talk about some of the more outrageous examples of critical race theory that are in schools today. And by the way, new listeners, I'm a black American. I'm very much against critical race theory. There's a lot of viral Twitter videos that are going on right now with a lot of black parents right all across the country that are speaking out against this. So I don't even believe that it's a left-right issue. I believe that it's an issue about either you think you're a victim or you think that you're not a victim. And the left is very, very insistent on treating black Americans like victims. So what are some of the more outrageous examples of critical race theory in schools today? In Cupertino, California, an elementary school forced first graders, these are first graders, mind you, to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rank themselves according to their, quote, power and privilege. In Springfield, a middle school forced teachers to locate themselves on an oppression matrix. This was based on the idea that straight, white, English-speaking Christian males are members of the oppressor class and must atone for their privileged and, quote, covert white supremacy. In Seattle, the school district told white teachers that they are guilty of, quote, spirit murder against black children and must, quote, bankrupt their privilege and acknowledgement of their thieved inheritance. So this is what's going on in schools across the country. And this is why so many parents are rising up against this. And I will say for me, When you talk about the education system, when you talk about schools, what is being taught, the first question is, how does this help teach kids? And this obviously does not help teach kids. And a lot of these schools, especially public schools all across the country, there are kids that are performing well below grade level in reading, math, the basics of what they should be learning. So... Ryan, the 1619 Project is being taught in 3,500 classrooms across the country. You have spoken out against this as being historically inaccurate. So I want to talk, I want you to talk about the 1619 Project and why it is so dangerous to teach children this. So the 1619 Project was an essay in the New York Times Magazine a few months ago, and it immediately got a lot of fanfare, won a Pulitzer Prize, and was started being adopted into the school curriculum program across the country in elementary and high schools. And it's basically factual inaccurate. I mean, one of the most glaring inaccuracies in the 1619 Project was the idea that The American Revolution was fought over slavery. The idea that the British wanted to get rid of slavery, the American colonists didn't, and so we fought a revolution over it. That just didn't happen. 
There's no facts to back that up. It's completely inaccurate. The British did get rid of slavery before America, but it was decades after the revolution. And it was a few decades before us. It was further from our revolution than it was from our civil war. It's just a, a complete inaccuracy. Another one is that capitalism was created specifically to promote slavery and indentured servitude. That's also factually inaccurate, actually. Slaves overall performed at a lower rate than free black and white Americans. They oftentimes produced at a faster rate because they had the incentive that they were getting paid. It's just full of inaccuracies. And it's not just from me. Major historians have also lashed out saying that it's just not true. Most of the 1619 Project, and it is just a tentacle of critical race theory. There's just no reason to teach it because it's filled with lies and it's part of critical race theory. And you could read this in Richard Delgado's book, which is an introduction to critical race theory. Critical race theory is inherent Inherently, activism. It is an activist organization to try and change the way political power is structured. It is not done to create a real, more accurate telling of history. Two of the most major flaws in the essay series. That's a really good point. There is this sort of rush by the left to say that critical race theory is the study of Black history, African American history, or just American history itself. And there's a rush to say that when conservatives and certain people are coming up with these sort of bans on critical race theory in the classroom... I want to read you something. So this is from the American Bar Association's A Lesson on Critical Race Theory. And this is what they say about CRT. CRT is not a diversity and inclusion training, but a practice of interrogating the role of race and racism in society that emerged in the legal academy and spread to other fields of scholarship. Crenshaw, who coined the term CRT, notes that CRT is not a noun but a verb. And this is important. It cannot be confined to a static and narrow definition, but is considered to be an evolving and malleable practice. And that is very interesting to me, because when I see the left's freak out over this and the left's freak out over the fact that people are actually starting to stand up and say, this is not right, black people, white people, etc., they always say, well, that's not real CRT. And they talk about Robin D'Angelo, who authored a book called White Fragility. And Ibram X. Kendi, who wrote this book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. And so this doesn't make any sense. And so I want to ask you, Ryan, why do people think that this is something that is positive and necessary to be taught in schools? Well, I think that it's to restructure and reorganize the way our system works. At the heart of critical race theory is the idea that Western civilization, people who came from Europe, all of those main ideas that they brought with them in the post-Enlightenment Europe are wrong. They explicitly sit there and talk about, and you could read this once again in Richard Delgado's book, but introduction, that the idea of judicial blindness is wrong. The idea of capitalism is wrong. They don't believe in the institutions the way they are. And the way to end these institutions, as, as Marx tried to do many, many times, was through class consciousness. Now it's being done through race consciousness. This is simple Marxism. It's funny because they don't talk about Marx specifically, but they talk about people who were clearly influenced by Marx, from Foucault to Gramsci, and using these neo-Marxists or these post-Marxists who all got their influence from Marx is a way for them to have Marxism without Marx. It's a very weird, weird thing. It's the way that establishment Republicans always want to have Trumpism without Trump, which is basically rural white working class voters without having to actually deal with any of the promises Trump made. 
or his personality or his tweets. This is what they want to do with Marx and with critical race theory. They want to have CRT, they want to have Marx, they want to have their revolution they've always wanted, but they don't actually want to have the negative attachment with both Marx and CRT. And I think people are becoming much smarter to the idea that the foundation of everything they teach is based on critical race theory. So it's like sitting there and saying you've given up soda and now you're drinking Orange Crush. It doesn't make it a fruit because you have the word orange in it. But that is exactly what they're trying to sit there and sell people on. This is not critical race theory, so you don't understand it. Well, it is foundationally critical race theory. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about how critical race theory is different from civil rights movement in the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr. We're going to hit that up right after the break. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back to Newt's World. I am your guest host, Rob Smith, host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast. If you like what you're hearing today, you can download that at iHeart Radio Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are talking about critical race theory, and I'm breaking this down with Ryan Gerdusky, who founded the 1776 Project PAC, which is dedicated to electing school board members who oppose critical race theory. Now, before the break, we said that we were going to talk about how critical race theory is different from the civil rights movement and different from the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr., and I should say very different from just the teaching of Black American history, African American history, right? 
So critical race theory or anti-racism should not be confused with the civil rights movement, MLK Jr., any form of tolerance, any sort of African-American history. Okay, critical race theorists believe that we need to undo the cornerstones of American society, including classical liberalism, legal reasoning, and capitalism, in order to promote their version of cultural Marxism based on race rather than class. And Ryan talked about this beautifully in the last segment. They want Marxism without Marx. And from my perspective, they are preying on what I like to call the identitarians. There are the identitarians of the left who are completely, utterly obsessed with race at every turn or any other identities. They are obsessed with their blackness. They are obsessed with being Latino. They are obsessed with being immigrants. They are obsessed with being gay. Anything that they can do to create an entire mind frame and view of the world based on identity. These are what I call the identitarians. These are the people that are being manipulated by the Marxists of the left right now. So these CRT people believe that every aspect and every fabric of American society is based on race. Every factor of inequality is socially constructed exclusively based on the topic of race. So all differences between the races were created with the sole purpose of disadvantaging non-white people. Ryan, am I getting this right? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's why critical race theory isn't just about trying to change U.S. history, but abolishing things like advanced math and science, which overwhelmingly favors Asian Americans. I mean, they just excel in them. So because we are not exactly proportional to the population, then therefore we have to abolish anything that creates inequalities. Or what some schools have even proposed, the idea of accepting wrong answers as being correct I mean, it is literally insane what they want to do in the name of equity, which is different than equality. And that is the craziest thing to me. And, you know, you'll hear a lot of black conservatives talk about this. This is the soft bigotry of low expectations. So I'm infuriated when I read this stuff where they're talking about, like, math is racist and reading is racist. And there's even somebody said being on time is a white supremacist construct. So this is all completely insane, right? And I've referenced this a lot over the past couple of weeks when talking about this stuff. I was at an event for Turning Point USA a couple of weeks ago. Candace Owens was our keynote speaker, and she brilliantly drew the direct line between this stuff in the schools and the left's desire to turn out nothing but angry little victims out of these schools. They want them to get angry in elementary school so they can be angry in middle school, so they can be angry in high school, so they can go get indoctrinated in undergrad, and then they can turn out to be angry Democrat voters. Right. And also the fact that they want them to believe certain things as fact. The idea what critical race theory is doing in a lot of our schools is they're instructing teachers and professors to accept the ideas that things like systemic racism is a fact. It's not a question. It's like the earth is round and, you know, there's 365 days a year. These are facts, and so is systemic racism. So they learn at an early age, and teachers learn through things like equity training or anti-racism training how to incorporate these the ideas as the go-to facts, and the world then is built around these facts. Yeah, I feel like that's dangerous and that's scary because, look, I'll speak from the perspective of somebody that used to be on the left, and, and I, I was very malleable to all of this messaging. And when you create a generation, and when we're talking about millions of black people, Latino people, Asians, et cetera, in this country, when you just push the idea that the world is fundamentally racist and America is fundamentally racist as a fact, and you put this into people's minds, it does something with your mental state. Literally, you will walk through the world, think that every perceived slight, everything that you don't get, 
everything is based on racism. And I think that that for me is something that's fundamentally damaging to America and to Americans of all colors, because either you have the black people that are taking this message on hook, line and sinker, and they're becoming angry. And then you kind of have these sort of weak white liberals who are always running around apologizing for being white because they actually feel in their bones that they are smarter and superior to black people so that they need to always apologize and they need to say, well, the world is so racist and and this is the reason why you can't succeed. And then they will lead to the things that you said before, like saying wrong answers are right. So this stuff is ridiculous. And I want to talk a little bit about you did an article for Mediaite. You wrote that abolishing critical race theory in public schools is a winning issue for conservatives in the culture war. So this culture war between conservatives and liberals, what do you think this culture war is over? I think the culture war for white liberals is basically how to energize and to aggravate non-whites, especially blacks and Latinos, into believing that it's not enough to elect a Democrat. We had our first black president. Inequalities didn't get better. We had something much different under Trump where qualities were actually getting slightly better for working class people. But we've had many different cycles of electing leftists, of electing right-wingers, of electing now a black president, of electing a black female vice president. And there's true societal issues and true societal problems. And the mass diversity of America, the changing demography of America, is not making a lot of those problems go away. And I think that the sell that people have had for 30 or 40 years is, oh, wait till whites are no longer the majority. Things will get better. And they haven't. And so now the problem isn't the party in office or the president in office or the demography of the country. Now it's the country itself. Now it's the institutions itself. Now everything needs to be broken down and changed and rebuilt in order for them to kind of get their way, especially since the George Floyd riots. The number one institution on their target is the police. And in every one of these left-wing cities – where the police have been marginalized and have been really deconstructed in many ways, you've seen the number of young black men, especially the body bags build. You've seen more of their deaths now than you did in the previous 10 years when it was supposedly even more racist or even supposedly even more anti-black or more pro-white supremacy or more pro-whiteness or whatever terminology you want to adopt to it. At the end of the day, that's what they're trying to sit there and sell is that, yes, you've given us all these election victories. You've given us all these liberal judges. You've given us all these things. And yes, it's not working out for you. But the real problem is, is because we just weren't looking far enough. Now we need to deconstruct the entire liberal system, small L liberalism. That's very interesting that you bring that up because I've noticed there is this push, right, that we've seen coming from the left and it's a hardcore push. And so this push is to deny the gains in in the new people that have sort of like come around to being conservatives or Republicans, right? People like myself, black American, lots of black people, lots of Latino people. The gay vote, I guess, went up to like 30% or something like that in the past election. So Things are switching right now. There is a shift that is going on. And there is a fundamental need among people on the left to sort of deny the existence of that shift and to frame every single thing around race. And I think that that is some of the root of what this is all about. If you look at it like this, look in the last 30 years. I mean, since you and I were young children, the number of black men incarcerated is down significantly. Black women born in the same economic class actually outperform now 
now white women. You have black female graduation rates surpassing most other races except for, I believe, Asian and white women. You have black homeownership up. Life is getting a lot better, and you need to make people angry. You need to keep people in a frenzy, and this is how they're keeping people angry and in a frenzy. There was one study done at Zach Goldberg, who's I think from the University of Georgia, pushed out that found that black people now believe that the country is more unequal than they did in 1963. It's just not true, but perception becomes reality because this is what the media has pushed constantly. And now they're trying to get it in children's brains from an early age. So that way they never grow up questioning it. Yeah, that is really interesting. And it's a good segue into the next part of our conversation, because I want to talk about the media's role in this. And I think that for me, like I said before, you know, when I was a liberal before, and I I make it a, a point of mine, I feel like if I'm doing this, I need to be reading and I need to also be exposing myself to media that comes from the left and the right, correct? Because I want to see what the conversation is. And I want to see what they are talking about. And when I watch this stuff, it is nothing but race, 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 race all the time. Their entire lives are about being oppressed. And it's about this oppression that they have to sell to young black people in this country. So you will have people, and it drives me nuts, Hollywood actors, actresses, the most wealthy, famous, powerful, and privileged people in the entire world. Look at Meghan Markle. Look at you know Michelle Obama. I mean, these are the most privileged and powerful black people in the entire world, and they will talk about how oppressed they are. This is insane. But so you recently wrote an article that was called The Media is Gaslighting America on Critical Race Theory. These are a couple of quotes from MSNBC and CNN, our favorite. This is Zerlina Maxwell on MSNBC. Let's make it completely clear at the top of this interview that critical race theory is not taught before law school. That's a lie. Natasha Alford, who is an analyst on CNN, these are both black women. Juneteenth is elevated at a time when the truth is under attack in America. Lies about the so-called dangers of critical race theory have spurred legislation against teaching what is normally taught in law schools. The 1619 Project has grown up politicians throw tantrums worse than the children who they don't want reading it. What is the media's goal in all of this? I wrote this in my book, They're Not Listening. The number of times the media use terms like whiteness and use intersectionality and use these hyperbolic terms exploded around the year 2012, 2011, right before Ferguson. What is their goal? Their goal is to introduce it as regular language for people so that they understand it, they believe it, and they can sit there and use that as general practitioner. You know, there was a time not too long ago in this country where it was fashionable to be a liberal. Now it's not fashionable to be a liberal. It's fashionable to be a progressive, not just a progressive, but to be a woke progressive. And the way that they're, they're operating is to sit there and incorporate as many of these phrases and as many of these beliefs so that they understand that not only is this what you're supposed to believe, but if you don't believe it and you want to be in the intelligence class, in the media, in Hollywood or in academia, if you don't believe it, you'll be ostracized for it. It's kind of like throws back to the French Revolution with eventually Robespierre ends up getting the guillotine. And a lot of these progressives who sat there and were activists, the Amy Schumers of the world, end up getting eaten by their own. It's kind of it's it's a little sick to actually watch. Yeah. And we've been seeing this more and more. It's really sad to watch. And it's also sad to watch people that I know are good people. I have friends that are on the left, the friends that I lost when I became a conservative. That was their decision. It's whatever. But I've managed to keep a couple friends on the left. 
And the toughest thing to watch about the ways in which they comport themselves and they conduct themselves when they're having conversation is that there's so much that they are afraid to say. There's so much that they are just terrified to say because if they speak up and if they say this, then they are afraid that they will get ostracized just like those mean conservatives, just like those mean Republicans. So people like me, when I get excommunicated from a friend group or there are people that literally just will not even look at me when I walk down the street in New York City, people that I'd known for years. And they sort of live in this fear that that will happen to them. And this is that fear that comes from the elites that push this stuff in the media. This is the fear that comes from the progressives on the left. To put a button on this media thing before we talk about, you know, how parents can actually get involved, I have to say, and I have to be honest and I have to be a little bit optimistic, I see the tide slowly starting to change about this stuff. I see people starting to become tired of being told what they can or cannot say or what they can or cannot think. The very far left stuff I see is, I don't know, I hope it's kind of going out of vogue. But anyway, we know that it is all in the public school system. We know that they are trying to get the tentacles of critical race theory, as you've said, in every public school system in the country. There is a way that parents can get involved, and I want to have you talk about that and your pack right after the break. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So as we've seen during all of these viral videos, 
that have been, you know, all across the internet, all of this stuff, parents and regular citizens and regular people of all races are standing up against critical race theory. They are going to school boards. In some cases, they are flipping school boards. They are getting involved because they realize how dangerous this is. So there are other successes like the Florida Board of Education approving new academic standards opposing critical race theory and Texas Governor Greg Abbott banning critical race theory. Do you think that this fight against critical race theory is at the national state level? Do you think that this is something that should be controlled at the national or state level? Or do you think that it should be focused on the local level with taking it to these school boards? I think that which 100% should be banned at the state level. I think that what the state governors and state legislatures are doing is very important. However, it is not enough. Because a problem with a lot of these laws is they have no punishment. So the new law signed in Texas, there's one in Oklahoma, one in Idaho. I think Florida's was an executive order. But these laws don't have any punishment. So if a teacher continues to teach critical race theory or intersectionality, their punishment is nothing. It's like not giving out tickets for jaywalking or littering. If that's the rule, then people just will continue to do it. I think you need to take over the school boards, and there needs to be more of an aggressive push by the governors as far as reforming education. I think that one, education is, I give liberals credit in this comment, education is too Western focused. We should be learning more about what happened to other cultures and other countries, not just Europe and talking the rest of the world, because it's important to also know how horrible many of these places were before Americans got there. Like I reference this point all the time, Media Matters wrote me up. But before the white man got to America, it wasn't the Disney's version of Pocahontas where everyone was having a Woodstock festival singing to trees. It was a very brutal place, parts of Africa and Asia and the Indian subcontinent and Aboriginal Australia. And yes, Europe. I mean, we learn about the horrors of Europe and the horrors of the Western civilization with slavery, the witch trials, the Black Plague, the Inquisition. We've learned about all those things. We don't learn about what happens on other continents and other cultures that are similar. Because what happens is what teachers try to prescribe to children is that all of these terrible things, well, these are Western problems, these are American problems, these are liberal problems, when in fact, they're problems that are symptomatic in the human race. Humans as a whole can be pretty horrible to one another throughout history. That's the lesson of history. And I think that also we need to create better narratives. It's not just about learning about certain dates and names in time. It's about learning the trajectory of who we are as a people and who we are as a country. And that is very, very important. We are not made from, as current North Carolinian Lieutenant Governor Mark Robbins said, we are not made from weak stock. And I think that that is something they need to grapple with. So that's why I created the 1776 Project PAC is to take over school boards, to win school board elections. School boards have an enormous amount of power from everything from hiring superintendents to buying textbooks to creating budgets to pushing back against teachers who make people read critical race theory, influence books like White Fragility. All of those things are incredibly, incredibly important. And that's why I hope to continue what we've already started seeing, which is conservative and conservative groups taking over school board elections across the country. This is fantastic. So are the teachers unions or the schools upset about the creation of your PAC and and what have their reactions been to you and to this? Yeah, the New York Times wrote up this entire piece that included my pack where historians said about the creation of my pack was like a grenade being thrown. And I'm going to start instituting politically oriented visions of history. What conservatives need to understand very explicitly that I don't think some of them do. 
Public schools are always been political. They are part of the state. They are state financed. They are state sponsored. What we teach in school, we can't obviously teach everything that ever happened in school. So we pick and choose, and those are oftentimes political choices. I want to choose to sit there and make sure that children know the greatness of our country, the greatness of our founding. And in a country that is increasingly more and more diverse, we need a national narrative that if you are a child, regardless of your race, a man like George Washington is your founding father. And also your heritage includes that of Frederick Douglass, includes that of Abraham Lincoln, includes that of great people of many different races and many different times. And they are all our united founding. And it does. And yes, they look different than us. You know, I am of Italian and Polish ancestry. I don't have any blood that shared with the founding fathers. Yet, I even though they don't have my skin tone exactly, they are still my founding fathers. I think that unified form of bringing people together around our common nationality is essentially important. And that's what I would like to emphasize. You know, it's really important. And the thing about it is, I feel like this is why there's so many people on the left that are so against that. The left and Democrats and all that, they want to slice and dice Americans into smaller and smaller and smaller groups. They want to slice and dice them by religion, by race, by sexual orientation, by whatever. And they think that if they slice and dice these people into enough small groups, then this is a quote unquote coalition that's good enough for them to win elections. But they are doing this by sort of destroying the idea of America and sort of trying to, you know, make these people hate the idea of America and all that stuff. And that is very bad for our country. I don't believe that conservatives or Republicans or anybody sits around and that they are just terrified that America is starting to become more black or more brown or more diverse or whatever. I think that people are afraid that we are losing a sense of civic pride and patriotism in our country. Because if you do not have a sense of togetherness in a country, that country will fall. And if you ask me, they're trying to push this country into socialism and communism, which is exactly what this is all about. So I want to ask you, if somebody wants to run for school board opposing critical race theory, how can they get involved with your PAC? Go on 1776projectpack.com, P-A-C, PAC.com, and sign up, and you can get our newsletter, which will be coming out in the next few weeks about critical race theory in schools. You can email us, tell us where you're running for school board and when. You could donate to us. We have over 1,700 donors, and we raised over $140,000 in under a month. And get involved, and I'm trying to keep up. It's really a grassroots production. It's basically me and my dog on my bed every day trying to answer emails and keep up with everything. We'll be announcing very quickly the 10 states we're looking at for this 2021 election in November. And hopefully by September, I'll be listing some endorsements and which candidates I plan on supporting across the country. And it's very, very exciting. This is very exciting. And what I love about talking to you, number one, Ryan is one of the smartest people that is in this entire field. There's a lot of people that run their mouths about a lot of things that they really don't know about. Ryan is not one of these people who's highly intelligent. And I appreciate the fact that you're actually out there in the fight doing something uh, about it. Very nice of you. So I want to ask you one final question. Where do you think this goes if we continue to let CRT take a hold of the school system and we let the left win on this? 
what happens? What are the consequences for this country? What are the consequences for schools? What are the consequences for our sense of American unity? I really think that it's over. I mean, I genuinely do believe that it's over. And and we saw this with Joe Biden's administration where they were trying to give non-white farmers more money than white farmers for funding. And I think it will go just beyond the basic race. And I think it will go after capitalism. I think it will go after science and math. What happens when we sit there and say, no, children who can barely do math can sit there and go become a medical doctor? Yes, that sounds fictitious, but we really don't know where this goes. I think the one thing I'm very hopeful for is that, look, school boards are very cheap to run in. These are not multi-million dollar races. Some of them are just a few thousand dollars. And luckily for us, people very rarely vote on school boards. If I could just energize 10% of the conservative base to get involved and vote, we can flip school boards in some of the bluest areas. Just last month, in lower Manhattan, in midtown Manhattan, Asian and white parents who are quote-unquote moderate, but by left-wing standards, they're conservative, but they're moderates. They just don't like critical race theory. They unseated seven of eight school board members in midtown Manhattan. I think this is capable of happening anywhere. And when you have people of diverse backgrounds sitting there saying, this is crazy, I really think there's a big coalition of people And we can start taking this over. And then the next step is how do we rebrand education? Because I don't want it to just go back to the way it was. We don't really love the way it was beforehand. But I want to be able to sit there and incorporate a level of patriotism and understanding the basic facts of this country to children so they grow up really loving it regardless of their economic, racial, religious, or immigrant background. I think that that is the only way we move forward as a country. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, this country and America and all of this stuff is worth fighting for. And thank you for bringing your intelligence and and your drive and all of that stuff into this fight. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. We'll have a link to the 1776 Project Pack and your new book, They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Newt's World. I'm Rob Smith. New episodes of my podcast, Rob Smith is Problematic, are available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and subscribe for free. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show is created by Steve Pinley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for Newt's three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Rob Smith. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hold up. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.